0: everybody and welcome back to the podcast answer man this is Cliff Ravenscraft and this is a production of the generally speaking podcast network you can find this and all of our other shows over at gspn.tv and today I have quite an exciting episode of the podcast answer man one of the things I've decided to do recently is to uh, see if I can seek out some of my favorite podcasters uh, the people that really have inspired me in the area of podcasting and uh, introduce you to them and what their shows are all about, why I fell in love with those shows, and and ask them some of the questions of how they're doing podcasting. I figure, you know, there is a lot of other people out there that have a wealth of knowledge that I can learn from, and and if I'm going to have a conversation from with them, why not allow you to benefit with me? And so today, I am very excited to announce... Uh, that one of my favorite podcasters is on Skype with us right now. And his name is Mark Hunter from the Tartan Podcast, found at tartanpodcast.com. And uh, I just want to go ahead and say hello uh, there, Mark. How are you? Hi, Cliff.
1: I'm fine. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: No problem. I'm so glad that we could pull this together. And I mean, literally at the last minute.
1: And of course, the time difference doesn't help, but we've managed to to counteract that. And here we are. It's great.
0: Yes, it is. In fact, uh, let's see, just so folks know, it is about 5.40 in the evening here, uh, p.m., in northern Kentucky, and you're in Scotland. Uh Where at in Scotland are you?
1: I'm in Glasgow, which is sort of central Scotland. Alrighty. And what time is it there currently? It's 20 to 11 at night, so we're five hours
0: ahead of you guys on, um,
1: you're not on the east coast, are you, Cliff?
0: I am on the east coast, absolutely. East coast, so, so we, we're five hours ahead. Wonderful. Well, it's so exciting to have you on here, Mark. I've been listening to the Tartan podcast now for probably a good nine or ten months, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, quite a while.
1: Quite it's, a while. It's, it's, it's coming up for the, the two year anniversary. I think it's the twentieth of March is the, the two year anniversary of the first Tartan podcast.
0: Very cool. Well, we're going to talk about the Tartan Podcast in just a little bit, and and obviously you're you're involved in much more in the area of podcasting than just that single show. I know you've got other shows, and and your hands in all kinds of things. And hopefully, we'll get to that in just a moment. But I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, Mark, and just give us a short bio. Uh, Of yourself, just if you could just provide us with like uh, where you're from, uh, just some interesting things. Like, are you married? Do you have any kids? Uh, Do you have a day job, or did you have a day job? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, I I think I'm your sort of typical male podcaster, and I'm a a white thirty-something father. Um, there's so many other podcasters that sort of fall into the same demographic as me, but I'm in my 30s, I'm married I've got two young children and I'm self-employed, I run a, a small window cleaning business and um, it was really the, the, the fact that I'm a window cleaner, which is a fairly mundane job that admittedly pays well, but offers you no sort of mental or creative stimulation whatsoever, that, that got me into to podcasting in the first place, two years ago um, so that's basically my story is fairly simple, and it's probably fairly typical. A guy in his 30s looking for something interesting and creative to do, and I stumbled into podcasting. Wonderful.
0: that That's exciting. And and you're right, I, I definitely fall into that same exact demographic. Now, I was introduced to you through, I believe, I think you contacted me after listening to our Lost podcast.
1: Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, that was, um, I think, last summer. And I'd sort of just got into Lost, and being a podcaster, the first thing you do, and I'm sure you're the same Cliff, when you discover something new, whether it's a new technology or a new TV show, the first thing you do is you go to the podcast directories and you look for a podcast relating to it, and that's what I'd done with Lost. Um, I'd found your podcast and a couple of others, and um, I can't remember why I got in touch, but anyway. I got in touch a while ago, and it was good that I was able to switch you on to some of the music that I was playing at the time.
0: Yes, in fact, I, I, that's a matter of fact, I'll, we're going to talk about the Tartan podcast, uh, but before we, and may, unless this is your first show, can you tell me, Mark, how did you first get into podcasting? What was the first podcast you ever heard of, and then how did you eventually evolve into getting to podcasting, doing the podcasting yourself? Uh, it was um, February, Jan- late, late January, early February, two thousand and
1: five, and I was um, waiting for my iPod to be delivered, and I was looking on a website that used to be called iPod Lounge, um, and they sort of did a lot of kind of frequent last questions about iPods, and it's while I was there, I noticed they had a news item about podcasts, and I think my podcast, uh, my iPod arrived not long afterwards. And I thought I'll try these podcasts out, and I downloaded a few. I think the there was three mentioned. was the the Daily Source Code, the Don and Drew Show, which were the two ubiquitous podcasts of the time. But there was a third one called Hardcore Insomnia Radio, um, and that was the first one I listened to. And it turned out it was a music podcast, an indie music podcast, produced by a guy called Jason Evangelo, who's over in California, and. Um, I just was really impressed by the music but also the production that Jason had put in and being a music lover myself, it was listening to Insomnia Radio that inspired me to um, do my own podcast and to choose music podcasting as the first genre of podcasts that I would dip my toe into. Um, I think I listened to podcasts for maybe about three or four weeks before I finally decided that I would have a go myself and had a little cheap... um, plastic microphone that plugs straight into the sound card of the PC I was using at the time and I recorded um, the first Tartan podcast, I decided on the name Tartan podcast before I'd recorded, I thought I would use the word Tartan because it sort of denotes Scotland and it turned out I was I think only the, the second or third podcaster from Scotland um, at the time and it was the first music podcast from Scotland. So it was quite an exciting time um, in the podcast universe. Everything was still very new. Um, There was only maybe about a couple of thousand podcasts worldwide at the time. So it was a really exciting time. Everybody was really friendly and helpful. And um, in this month's Podcast User Magazine, I tell the second part of the story as to how I became a podcaster. So if people are interested in learning a bit more, go over to podcastusermagazine.com and they can download a free copy of the magazine. And read all about it.
0: Very cool. Yes, that's podcastusermagazine.com. And uh, that's an excellent publication. I'm sure uh, you'll talk about your involvement in that in just a moment. But uh, as far as this Tartan podcast, now that we're on the subject, just so people have a feel for kind of what the Tartan podcast is. Now, recently I had you do an intro uh, for the new My Crazy Life daily yeah. format that I'm doing. And uh, I was su- I was really surprised. I, I mean, you did a wonderful job, and I really like the intro that I have. But I was totally shocked to hear the bagpipes in the <laughs> intro. Because when I heard, you know, when you had first contacted me and said, you know, I do a music podcast from Scotland, and uh, you might be interested in the music that I play, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I really do like bagpipes, but I can't imagine listening to a podcast of all music with bagpipes. And so that's as soon as I heard Tartan Podcast, I'm a music podcaster from Scotland, me being culturally illiterate uh, <laughs> or culturally challenged at the time, it, basically I, that's what I thought of. And then you, it, it was so funny because I went and I listened to your podcast. and And the very first episode I ever listened to – was Tartan podcast episode 94 which by the way is your number 1 best Tartan podcast on the face of this planet I love that one and then 95 and 96 are are just right in line I think I think the reason why I liked them is because you had you were at the time picking out your favorite songs of the pr- past year yeah, so it was kind of the true. best yeah, of the I best remember. And yeah, I'm
1: just actually going to going to the Tartan Podcast website to remind myself what I played. Tartan Podcast ninety four. Let me have a look.
0: Yeah, while you're looking at that, I I one of them yeah. Oh, is Amplifico one of them, the comedy stops here. Um, I think that was on um was, I think that was maybe on this, on 95. Okay. Well, I'm going to, if 95. you don't mind, I'm going to play for our listening audience uh, one of the songs that you introduced. Uh, and this is a Scottish artist. Uh, from. Uh, th- their name is Amplifico, right?
1: Yeah, they're Amplifico. They're
0: an Edinburgh based band. So Edinburgh is
1: the capital of Scotland. It's over on the east coast of the country. And, um, you know, they're a band that have been together since they were children really um they've sort of come and gone they've joined other bands they've split up and they've come together again and they're just really accomplished musicians and songwriters and it's they're just such a great band and it's just such a pity that they don't have a record deal
0: and well in a way it's a pity that they don't have a, a record deal by the way you can check them out at myspace.com amplifico that's a-m-p-l-i-f-i-c-o and But in a way, it's, it's a blessing to us, at least as podcasters, that they don't have one of those record deals that, that does not allow us to play their music and spread it. And so if it weren't for that, I would have never heard it. And so I'm going to go ahead and play this song, and, uh, and then we'll come back and talk about some of the other music you've played and, and how you get to, to pull some of these artists into your show. Sounds good. Okay, so that's Amplifico, the comedy stops here. If you want to hear the remaining balance of that song, I encourage you to go to tartanpodcast.com and go back in the archives and search for episode 95, and you'll hear that along with some other great things. And I gave you the MySpace page, but also go check out at amplificowebathon.com. And that is a great site where they did some video podcasts and and uh, through some linking there, you'll be able to see some of their live shows. I, I remember spending like three hours one morning, uh, Mark, just checking out the stuff they do. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah, they're, they're a really prolific band, not just in their, their songwriting, but the fact that they've embraced podcasts and they've got a, a podcast, they've got a video podcast like you mentioned. Um, I think they were the first Scottish band to to properly integrate podcasting into their marketing which was really encouraging
0: yeah very encouraging and very smart by the way yeah definitely so let me ask you this now you obviously are a a music aficionado you you're really into music um now has podcasting introduced you to a whole slew of artists in your in the scotland or the scottish uh independent music industry and and are people contacting you and Are you being introduced to new artists that now you're finding that, you know, you're absolutely just loving the new bands that are out there that you would have otherwise not heard of?
1: It's it's something that surprised me. Um, I mean, Scotland's got a population of just five million people. But the fact that I, I was able to go for probably over a year and not listen to any music other than music that was made by Scottish bands was really quite incredible, and I'm not talking about Scottish bands that are already in the charts. I'm talking about Scottish bands that for the most part are unsigned, or if they are signed up, it's to a small independent label in some remote part of Scotland. There's just such a wealth of talent here in Scotland. I think it's something that's intrinsic in the Scottish nature is to to be creative and to be musical. Um, And it certainly shows by the fact that there's so many talented indie Scottish bands And it's completely revolutionized my listening habits. Um, It's only just in the past maybe three or four months that I've gone back and started listening to um, the bands that I would listen to before I started podcasting, like Radiohead and and R.E.M. and U2. For such a long time, all I listened to was indie Scottish bands. Not just because I created a show that showcased them, but it's because they were so good. Yes, Um,
0: and I'll have to second that, Mark, because... I'll be honest with you. I am still only listening to Podsafe music artists eight months into being introduced to them for the first time.
1: I think that's the the, the I think that's the eye opening thing about podcasts, and it's also why podcasting is so powerful for these bands because it's a shame that they don't get the recognition that they deserve. That the radios are that you know the radio stations are monopolized by maybe three or four huge monster bands or artists and these smaller bands that are much more talented for the most part really don't get a fair crack at getting a big audience but that's where we as podcasters and podcast listeners have got a responsibility and a privilege to showcase them and also to support them by buying their
0: music if we can absolutely and in fact as a podcaster i go and i purchase. All the music that I'm offered for free as a podcaster—I mean, these these folks send me their stuff and, and allow me to play, download it and play it for free on my show. Personally, as an example to my audience, uh, I, I go and I purchase the music myself and That's say I, that I support these artists, and I and cool. I really hope that you'll do the same. And as an inspire, there are a couple podcasters. Uh, Mark that have inspired me and and I would say of those who have truly inspired me in, in a in a way that actually changes the way that I podcast myself there are probably about five or six on that list and I listen to a, probably about 40 different podcasts on a consistent basis and you were one of the five or six that have inspired me to do something differently in podcasting And one That's of- good, I,
1: I'm, glad, I'm glad it's worked that, that you, you can listen to what I'm doing and, and that you want to to support indie Scottish bands as well—that's encouraging to hear.
0: Yeah, in fact, uh, I started the musically challenged podcast here at the GSPN, and and I started it off with some of the music that I've heard from your your shows. And now, in the in the tartan podcast, now you don't limit it only to Scottish music. I mean, obviously most of it is, but occasionally you'll slip in something else, won't you? I mean, it, it, to be honest with you, I play three tracks per show,
1: and nine times out of ten, all three tracks will be by a Scottish band. There has been a few rare occasions where, on the Tartan Podcast, I'll, I'll play something that's been made by a band, you know, that are based elsewhere. Occasionally, it's been by accident. You know, I've got confused with the emails that I've received. I've assumed that they're from Scotland, and I've played them. Um, but I produced the Mellow Monday Show, which is a music podcast that plays music from. You know, wherever in the world, um, as long as the music's mellow. But certainly on the Tartan podcast, it, I made a sort of a firm rule with myself
0: that I would keep it to, to Scottish bands. Well, I'm very glad that there was one that slid through, and it's one that I've actually played on at least seven or eight different episodes of our various podcasts. And I'm going to play for our audience just uh, maybe ten or seven se- ten or fifteen seconds of a band by the name of The Chromosomes, and that's K-R-O-M-O-Z-O-N-E-S, and uh, they're from New York City. So here is a song from your past that you may recognize, Mark.
2: To speak your mind and get things out, but do it with some tact and a little grace. What are you thinking?
0: OK, so the Chromosomes, another artist, uh, another band that I have to say thank you for introducing me to. Yeah, I mean,
1: that was an unusual one. That was one where genuinely it was a mistake on my part um, to play them on the Tartan podcast. They probably would have fitted into the Melo on Monday show because it is you know, quite a chilled out track. But I was glad I played them as well. They're an excellent band. Um, and, you know, they, they gave me some positive feedback on the response that they received after i played them
0: which is which is good that's the whole point absolutely so okay so you we've talked about the tartan podcast and you've mentioned the mellow monday show and you only hi- just barely glanced in i don't think people may have caught it but the sleepy sunday show uh tell us about those two shows and then tell us about some other things you're involved in
1: yeah, the Sleepy Sunday show started, it was, um, oh, I think May or June 2005, and I just had the idea where it would be a music podcast that you could just relax to on a Sunday morning if you didn't have anything else to do, just chill out, have some coffee and listen to the Sleepy Sunday show. And um, It turned out to be the most popular and well received Podcast that I've produced up until now, um, you know, I think the downloads for the Sleepy Sunday Show were ridiculous, and if I look back at the the archives, people are still downloading them now. Then, but unfortunately, just time made it really difficult to consistently produce the Sleepy Sunday Show, so I dropped it from the lineup for a while. But then I heard that Cameron Riley over at the Podcast Network was looking for some music shows. And I spoke to him, and he wanted the Tartan podcast, but, you know, you know what it's like, Cliff, a podcast is your baby, you hold on to it. And I didn't want to give him the Tartan podcast, but I came up with the Mellow Monday Show, which I've created for the Podcast Network. But basically, it was just a Sleepy Sunday Show and reinvented. And, again, the premise is it's four or five songs that you can listen to while you're on the train or the bus or on the commute to work or school on a Monday morning morning or you know whatever morning suits, whenever you need to hear some mellow music. Um so so those are two podcasts that are still available. The Mellow Monday show is still live. The Sleepy Sunday show is available via the Tartan podcast website. Um I think the, the category link is on the right hand side of the page. And as of um the first of March I released the PlayStation 3 show which is another podcast produced for the Podcast Network and it's completely centred on Sony's PlayStation 3. So it's sort of news reviews and interviews surrounding
0: the PlayStation 3. And I, I, as you probably saw on my Twitter page today, uh, or my Twitter status... Yeah, I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to uh, the first probably 20 minutes of it while I was at work today in the background. And and what's funny is I'm not a place. I don't own a PlayStation 3. I, I never owned a 2. I had a, the original PlayStation, and I'm an Xbox fan. But I actually found myself very interested in listening to your PlayStation 3 podcast simply because there's a personal connection to you as a podcaster and 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 I'm sure you hear that time and time again from your listeners and I've experienced that is that people will come and listen to just about anything that you'll you'll produce because they really feel like they that in a way there's a friendship or a connection that's been built have have you experienced that as a podcaster
1: yeah it's quite unusual you know and, and for someone who you know for, for us that, that we're ordinary guys you know. know, the rest of the time when we're not podcasting it's something that takes a little bit of getting used to is the fact that people do invest in you as a podcaster, they give you their time they give you your ears their ears on a regular basis and they do feel that they've developed a sort of bond with you, even though you may not personally know them by name so the responsibility comes with that but it's also a privilege um, that people give you so much of their time Listening to you on the bus or at work, and yeah, definitely people will follow you from one podcast to another. I'm sure you find that because you produce many podcasts that you have the same people listening to you and all the various different shows that you're on, and it's quite a, it's quite a nice thing and it's an unusual thing, and it certainly took me quite a while to get used to as a podcaster.
0: Yes. Um, let me ask you, how are you interacting with your audience? Are, are you fitting that in? Is there anything special that you do uh, to really facilitate any community around your podcasts? You
1: know, I, I tried having a forum and it's, it's just it's really hard work because you've always got to promote it. And you've always got to put stuff on the forum that people will react to. Um, and I just I lacked the time and probably the, the dedication was needed. Um, on the Tartan Podcast website, most shows will have a few comments from people, some more than others. But it's just one of these things. That, that it's just through time you build up an audience. Your audience talk to you via email, and they'll, they'll put a comment on your website. But other than that, I don't really do a lot to sort of facilitate any further communication. I've got. There's a, I think there's a Frapper map somewhere. There's definitely a MySpace page. Um, I just lack the time really to devote to developing more of a community
0: yeah. than I probably could have. And 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 as as this is not really your typical interview podcast. This is really um, the, the show here is the podcast answer man, which is hopefully f- this is a podcast for podcasters to get ideas. Yeah. And and one of the things that I found in my in my forum is that uh, our our listening audience wanted to interact. Of course, we had a topic such as lost, which just generates a huge amount of discussion.
1: Yeah, I mean, it certainly helps if you if your podcast. This is the thing: if you're a new podcaster, think about the, the subject matter that you're talking about. So, you know, in my primary podcast, the Tartan Podcast, it's music. Music doesn't always generate discussion. People will say, yeah, I liked the track, or I didn't like the track. Um, but something like Lost, for example, as you said, generates discussion. That's the purpose, that's that's a, a big part of what that show is. And with my new podcast, the PlayStation 3 show, you know, that my hope is that, that discussion and community can be built around that because we'll be covering uh, news items, we'll be reviewing games. Hopefully there'll be more of a community around that. But when it's music, it's a little bit trickier to develop a a community of people that are willing to discuss the songs that you play. So for a new podcast, think about your format, think about your subject matter, and if you feel it lends itself to community, then make sure you provide your listeners with the tools, like a forum, like comments on your blog, like a MySpace page, a Frapper account, where you can really build a community around about your subject matter.
0: Right, and and from my experience, for anybody uh, who's interested in creating a community through a forum, what I found is that when I tried to do it myself, I again, like you, Mark, I just don't have the time for it. Yeah. And I had listeners beg me, "Can we do a forum? Can you do a forum?" And I'm like, no, I can't. I just don't have the time for it. And and so I had I had one listener that just said, "Listen, I will do it for you." and and I'll I'll take all responsibility and I'll give you complete editorial control over everything. And so as you build an audience and you develop a relationship with some of these people through via email, you can find out who it is that you can really count on as a listener. Yeah. And 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 allow some of your people to to get some some uh ground as as a as a participant in what you're doing and and so I have three site administrators on my forum and I'd be honest with you I probably hop onto my forum about three times a week and I will read uh, what's been going on and my my site administrators do everything and that's just really amazing
1: good. yeah that's that's really good if you can get that's excellent
0: so in and in, in maybe the, your PlayStation 3 uh, maybe that's a way that you could interact with them and have somebody else do a majority of that work for you so- yeah
1: i mean i hope so we've got the voicemail line set up so people can call in you know i've got it set up that and i actually encourage people on the podcast to just put the numbers into their cell phone you know and, and just dial through i know you've had a good response in the lost podcast with people calling in and that's what i hope to do one of the i noticed you've done it a few times um in the past you used um skype uh, a skype cast. And you now use Talk Show. And you know, that's something I'd I'd love to do at some point in the future is to do a live show, have it streaming out on a feed or via Talk Show, and have people respond immediately. Because you might experience this, you know, you're at work and you're listening to a podcast, and you think, oh, when I get home, I really need to send off an email about what was talked about on that podcast. And then when you get home, you've forgotten all about it. But if people can react immediately. I think that's, that really helps to build a responsive community.
0: It, it does. And and I will tell you that my life as a podcaster changed when I started doing the Live Lost podcast. And what's amazing is that uh, now I'm actually finding that a higher percentage of my emails that I get from listeners are generally uh, much more positive in nature. And here's the reason why. Because Cliff, as just your normal, average, everyday guy, who happens to just be a, just a huge fan that likes to watch Lost. Yeah. I I'm not one of those guys that spends 50 hours a week, you know, s- searching every frame by frame. And so occasionally I'll say something in a recorded podcast that's in, that is factually incorrect and that would generate about 60 70 sometimes even 300 emails from people saying what are you an idiot what kind of po- you call yourself a lost podcaster <laughs> and in the live shows you immediately get the people out there that that are your yeah. fact checkers and so that's been my greatest reward of having live shows is that that really people keep you on your toes and and they and you get more factual information and you get perspectives that you would not get anywhere any other away.
1: And it's great that the tools are now there for for new podcasters to be able to do that, to to produce a live show um, and give people the chance to respond right away. When, When I started, there was Skype, but that was it, you know, there was Skype and Audacity.
0: Those were the only tools available to podcasters. It's great how things have moved on. Oh yes, so as talking about moving on, let's uh, let's step out of our podcasting shoes for just a moment. And what I noticed that you're involved in a couple other things. Now we've already brought up just briefly. You had mentioned podcast user magazine. Tell us what that is, and what is your involvement there?
1: Well, this was a, an idea that was that was pitched. Um, well, I must be. I'm trying to remember, it was well over a year ago now on a forum that that I used to frequent um, for British podcasters. And the idea was sort of shot down in flames, you know, let's produce um, a magazine, a podcast-centric magazine. But the idea was shot down, oh, who who would buy it? Um, But then the guys that come up with the idea settled on making a, a, a PDF magazine that would be free. Um, So it's an electronic magazine that you download and you read it on your computer or you can, you know, you can print it up or transfer it to an external device like a phone that reads PDFs or a PlayStation Portable, for example. And once that idea was settled on, then it got legs and it began to run. But I was unaware of this happening until I was approached by um, a podcast listener who's an editor as a day job, and she suggested that maybe I would like to get on board as well. Um, But my my proviso was that I would only get on board if I could have my own column, which was very vain of me. But I'd always wanted to write a column. And they said, sure, you know, write the column. I asked my listeners what should we call the column. And um, a listener who is now a podcast in his own right, a guy called Paul, suggested mark my words. So that's what I settled on. Um, And I write a monthly column for Podcast User Magazine. I also designed the front cover. And um, the, the issue that's out just now, and for the next couple of issues, I'm going to be writing articles um, within the magazine, including one um, where I interview the guys behind the John Cleese podcast, which I'm really looking forward to. So it's just great to be able to, you know, apply the knowledge that I've got and the, the keenness I have to write, but use it in an actual magazine. It's actually really fulfilling.
0: Right. And so if anybody's listening to this podcast, they're definitely interested in learning more about podcasting. And so there'd be no greater place than to go to the podcast user magazine website. I think so.
1: I I I think that part of the, I remember when I was starting, you know, you're always looking around for websites with instructions and you're maybe emailing podcasters and hoping they'll reply to the questions that you have. But the great thing about podcast user magazine, it just puts everything under one roof. So each each month there's tutorials, there's hardware reviews, they review software like Cast Blaster or WinPodder. They interview um established podcasters, you know, like guys that are maybe even professionals now and they get tips from them. Um, the writing staff is also made up Mostly of podcasters that have round about a year to two years experience in the medium, so it's just a great place to go, and you get all your answers and suggestions and tips under one roof. Um, on March the first, the fourteenth issue was released. We've been going for for over a year, which even if I do say so, is quite an achievement really, because other magazines have started up and finished. And within that time period, with Podcast User Magazines kept going, and I think it really just comes down to the quality of the, of the articles that are, that are in the magazine for new podcasters.
0: Right. I, I totally agree, and, and I, I fully endorse uh, that our listeners go and check that. If you're if you're a podcaster or if you're considering podcasting, it, it's definitely a place you want to go, and that's podcastusermagazine.com. Now, Mark, I'm looking at a website in front of me. It's something about TalkingVoices.com. You ever heard of that? <laughs> yeah, Talking Voices. It's a, a company I'm involved
1: in. I'm a, I'm a stakeholder, and I'm also um, the senior producer for Talking Voices. Um, like yourself, Cliff, you know that I've got the desire to, to to podcast as a as a business, as a, as a means to the line of my income. Um, but I think the problem that a lot of creative people have is the business side of things. It's not always easy to apply yourself to putting the business model in place. And um, last year, the guys behind Talking Voices contacted me and asked if I would fly down to London and meet them. Um, and they explained that we're putting this business together. And they outlined who was who was in the team at the company. And it was people that had the needed skills to sort of run a, a decent business. Um, but they wanted me on as a sort of creative person and as a as a podcast producer so I've had a series of meetings and I was pleased to, to sign the contract to become a senior producer at Talking Voices back in January of 2007 um, and we've already got an established client base we've got meetings coming up we've got potential clients and it's all really exciting stuff
0: that is extremely exciting so so that answers my next question have you been able to uh, bring in any sort of income for that family of yours uh, through the use of podcasting?
1: Well, in 2005, um, I signed. I was one of the, the first podcasters to sign up with Podshow. And there was myself and I think six other music podcasters were signed to front up the Podsafe Music Network. And obviously, the, the reason that you sign with Podshow is because you believe that you're, you're going to get some money. Um, unfortunately, I think signing a, a British-based podcaster was maybe just a little bit ahead of the curve. Because back in 2005, there were no advertisers willing to touch British podcasts, um, which was a bit of a shame. And I I felt my energies would be better placed elsewhere. So I focused on being independent during 2006. And round about September time, that started to pay off. Um, I received a couple of consultancy contracts. And um, on my own, I received the the contract to, to produce... Um, a podcast for a cancer charity that we're in pre-production with just now. Um, And then, of course, as I already said, Talking Voices came along, and I'm now going to be working with them. So, yeah, it's taken a while, I think. I think a lot of us that started podcasting in 2005, early 2005, thought that the following year, you know, the cash should be flowing in, and it wasn't the case. But I think the way things are shaping up in 2007... Um I think there's going to be a little bit more money around about the medium than, than has been previously. Yes. And so so for guys like us, you know, that, that are producers and want to make a business out of it, I think two thousand year might
0: just be two thousand and seven might just be the year. I agree. In fact I have I I recall it was I don't know, about four months ago that I was approached by Pod Show and invited to join the official network through contractual agreement And now I believe that, you know, being that I had some entertainment-based shows, finding advertising would have been no issue. But what I found is that I really enjoyed the idea of being independent and owning everything I have and just giving up any rights to any content and allowing people to, to possibly make a great deal of money Without me getting a fair share, not that Podshow yeah. doesn't offer a fair share, because to be honest with you, I we didn't even go further into negotiation after I read the contract, and the gra- contract isn't bad. And then if you're a podcaster by hobby and you always hope to make it a hobby, I mean, and you just want some income and have somebody go find you some advertisers and really promote your show, Podshow is an excellent source, and there and it would work even for some other people, but uh, I yeah, found yeah, I mean. That-
1: I, t- I totally agree with you, um, you know, if it's just a, if you're a hobbyist, then yeah, great, you can you can get enough money to pay your Libsyn bill, you know, and to pay your web hosting, and maybe buy a decent mic, um, but I think I agree with you, Cliff, about being independent, if you hold all the cards, then you've got a little bit more power to negotiate, and there are companies out there, you know, I know Blueberry... Um, Todd Cochrane's company, they're, they're doing some really, really competitive deals for podcasters where, you know, you you, they, you don't sign over anything to them at all. Um, they, they've already pre-negotiated their cut of the deal, and then they present the deal to you with what your share will be. Um, it's, it's quite upfront. Um, there's another company called Cheese, which is spelt with a Z, or a Z, as you say, in North America. Um, cheese.com, I believe it is. And they're, they're encouraging podcasters to think about becoming ambassadors for companies where rather than you playing a pre-recorded ad that's been made by somebody else, you personally endorse the product or the service. So there's a number of different avenues out there that if you're independent, you can dabble with um, to find out which one works for you.
0: I'm looking for that cheese.com. It's, on, um,
1: it's definitely on the podcast nation. Web uh, homepage podcastnation.co.uk. Okay, and me... the advertising the podcast directory there.
0: Cheese.com. Okay, I'll I'll we'll put that in the show notes. I'll I'll look it up and definitely get that. Now that's something that I just heard of for the first time, and so that's exactly why I want to do this interviewing stuff with other podcasters because you get to hear things that perhaps you don't know yourself, and so I'm really looking forward to that and one of the things that i've been able to do is uh, through TalkShoe.com, uh, it's it's again like you're saying it like the blueberry network i didn't sign anything over i allow them to put uh, con- to put advertisements in front of my show and they split the income with me 50/50 and i'm starting to see some income coming in that's really good yeah excellent i think i think that's the thing you know it, it, it's nice to make it, it
1: pay a little bit I mean, you know all hobbies have expenses um, you know, if you play golf, you've got to put down some serious money for a set of golf clubs, maybe some golf lessons. If you like to paint, you need to buy paints and an easel. Um, all hobbies have their expenses, but with podcasting, you can't help but think because it is media, there's the
0: opportunity to earn a little bit of those expenses back. Right. So I'm glad it's working out. And and for us, I know for yourself and for myself, uh, there are a lot of people who start out as a hobby. And I remember when I I started out doing podcasting and, you know, I'm just asking people, you know, just, hey, if you're interested in supporting what we're doing, we have a PayPal donate button. And, you know, I was I've we have been so blessed over here by our listeners and the support that they've given. I've never actually had a point where this has been a financial burden as a hobby. But there, I remember early on, people was like, "Listen, you know, why do you keep mentioning your PayPal button? This is a hobby for you. I don't ask you to come pay for my golfing." And, <laughs> and but there, for you and I, and for several other people, we've taken this beyond the realm of a hobby, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's a life changing thing if you can produce a podcast that a lot of people listen to, um, and and has an impact on people. You know, you've obviously got a. Um, a very loyal fan base for the for the Lost podcast for example I know that I've got a loyal fan base for the Tartan podcast that's affecting people's lives and it's it's something that it's a talent that we've, we've got and you know the, the, there's a real chance to, to, to make some cash out of it I was really fortunate also with um, the PayPal donate button um, it, it was last, in fact it was 2005 early to, I'm trying to think of the month May 2005 I believe it was um, I, I was featured really briefly on an NPR show over there in the States and um, someone listening to that show um, went onto the Tartan Podcast website and sent me a substantial sum of money which effectively bought all my studio gear that I'm still using today oh, um, that's and, awesome. and her name is Yardley Smith who happens to be the voice actor behind Lisa Simpson of oh. The Simpsons. So that was really cool. That was a really nice experience.
0: That is very cool. On. That is that is cool. That is cool. And and you know we we think of uh, with one of the things is that we think of these people like you know the voice behind Lisa Simpson. We think you know that's somebody that's a celebrity. Have have you found that that people ever consider you as a celebrity? <laughs> I, I, I I mean I don't know. I suppose I think.
1: You know, I've met I've met listeners. Um, I was at the Podcast Expo in two thousand and five. Um, I've been at a couple of conventions here in the United Kingdom. I've been to see a couple of bands in the past, and and listeners have been there. And people do tend to be a little bit, you know, a little bit wow, a little bit gasp. It's Mark Hunter, and to me that just that just blows my mind because I just think <laughs> be, behave. You know, I, I'm I'm a thirty five year old window cleaner from Glasgow. <laughs> Um, but it, no, it you're not, little... Mark.
0: You're 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 Mark Hunter from Scotland, from the Tyler podcast.
1: I, I, and I sort of I mean, I recognise that. I mean, I've met I've met um, uh, Dan Class from the Bitterest Pill. I actually stopped by his home, um, while I was over in Los Angeles, and for me that was one of those moments you, you feel like you're in the, the presence of a deity almost. Right. When you meet you meet Dan Class because of his stature within podcasting, but he would tell you himself that he's. You know, just a stay-at-home dad that spends his day doing the family's laundry and making lunches for his kids. Yep. So it's it's a little bit of an unusual um, phenomenon. It's the new sort of the new media celebrities that we are. Um, it's a little bit strange.
0: It it is very strange, and my wife is my wife is learning how to deal with it. We're we're doing something in the Generally Speaking Podcast Network that we never would have dreamed of doing before, but we had two ladies from, Nash, or from Chattanooga, Tennessee said, we would love to come up and meet you guys if you would do a live show. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't think people do that. Now, just so you know, that's six and a half hours of driving. Right, wow. And we announced we announced that we would do a live show, even if it was just these two ladies coming. It, we would, at least we'd meet up and eat Chipotle and we'd record something. And yeah. and after I did, after I said that, just one time, two days later, I have people telling us they're coming from Chicago and from New York City and talking ten and a half hour drives, twelve hour drives to come here and spend the week, you know, they're going to drive down here, spend the night and and come to our live show and then drive back 6 to 12 or 14 hours. It's unbelievable.
1: No wonder you call it my crazy life. Exactly. Is that, that, is, that is crazy. That's nuts, isn't it? But then it, it's also really flattering as well.
0: It is very flattering. And, and, and you're so right. I mean, we're just normal guys. I think the thing I, I particularly struggle with is I don't, in in real
1: life, I don't like the limelight at all. Um, I'll I'll run from the limelight. And at the last Talking Voices meeting in London recently, um, I I mentioned something about me not really liking being in front of the microphone. And everyone was really surprised because they said that I sound comfortable with it. But in reality, I'm not at all. It's something that, that has taken me two years to sort of get used to is being in front of the mic and, and people recognizing my voice, I would much rather be on the other side of the desk doing the production side of things. So it still freaks me out a little bit when people get excitable and um, maybe a little bit
0: overly enthusiastic at times, really? though it is very nice and it is very flattering. So let me ask you, Mark, where do you see yourself in podcasting in the future?
1: Well I, th- I think it really depends on how 2007 works out. Um, if, if it works out the way a lot of us hope where businesses will become more aware of what podcasting is it, and they'll start to look to companies like Talking Voices to, to help them with their marketing and their online presence, um, then it could be the year that, that, that moves me away from being somebody that has to work outside in all weathers to someone who can actually sit at a computer. Um, using editing software and doing something that I'm passionate about and that I really really enjoy doing, if that's the case, then you know it will be really will be the icing on the cake if that happens in the next year or so. If it doesn't happen, I can see me still being a, a podcaster for the foreseeable future because you feel you've got a, a debt
0: to, that you owe to your listeners to to provide regular content for them. Very cool uh what as as the medium do you have any idea of what you think the future of podcasting as a whole will be
1: i think last year that people thought that video podcasting was going to be the way forward i don't really feel that that has come to fruition the way that it was prophesied that it would i know a lot of directories um you know pod show for example put a lot of emphasis on the video podcast but i still believe that audio is king and i think that as long as we keep focusing on producing the best audio we can then people will people out there in the world that haven't heard of podcasting yet will start to hear about it and because the audio is getting a little bit better because we're all becoming a little bit more skilled at what we're doing i think that the revolution is just around the corner um, i just feel that 2007 is really a promising year for for podcasting as a whole um, as long as we can keep the production good and we can make it as simple as possible for
0: new listeners, I think you're absolutely right. And making it simple is exactly what we do. And one of the things we try to do as podcasters is definitely honor your time and not try to produce, you know, multiple hours of podcasting for you to have to uh, commit to. So I'm going to wrap things up here, Mark, and say thank you very much. You have, like I said, you're you're at the top of my list of podcasters. And, uh, obviously, you're the first podcaster that I've uh, technically interviewed for this show. And I'm very glad that you were able to join me. It was a pleasure and a privilege, Cliff. Thanks very much for having me on. It's been great. And uh, is there anything that you want to tell our audience, how they can contact you or find your your podcasts?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think all the links have been mentioned. tartanpodcast.com for the music one ps 3thepodcastnetworkcom for the PlayStation 3 podcast and podcast user magazine for well the tagline for the magazine is for productive podcasters and discerning listeners so make sure you check that out as
0: well. Very cool well I, I again I thank you Mark. It's been an exciting discussion that we've had here and um, if anybody wants to check out his podcast I definitely suggest that you go check out the tartanpodcast.com absolutely my favorite music podcast out there in the world and uh he's just got an awesome voice to listen to he may be blushed when when i say that and other people say that but uh it's truly it's truly exciting to listen to mark as he does his podcasts and um i'm just looking forward to continued friendship with him as a podcaster learning from him and uh it's just really cool And so anyway, again, you can uh, find, if you've heard about this podcast through some other medium other than our website, the Podcast Answer Man is a podcast production of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can find this and all of our other self-produced shows at gspn.tv. And so until next time, God bless you. Have a great day and enjoy podcasting.